Today's podcast has been edited a bit more than normal because we started the show with some serious technical difficulties that were only resolved with the really complicated solution of me turning the mixer desk off and on again. Hope this doesn't spoil your enjoyment. Um, I've edited out the swear words that occurred on the live transmission. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Alexa, what time is it? The time is 6.27pm. And welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. Um, as you'll see, we've gone live a little bit late. Um, Ian is currently having technical problems, so while he tries to swear repeatedly um, at his computer um, or at uh, or at Zoom, um, he's just trying to find an alternative way to get in. So, uh, so while we do that, and Ian wrestles around in the dark, um, we've got a um, hopefully a very informative episode for you um, this week. So we are joined. Uh, later on this later on the show by uh, Jerry the Inquisitor Brown um, who'll be going through with us about when a bank is not a bank and um, some investment um, activities that are being uh, pursued by Portsmouth City Council so we'll be looking at those um, and also while um, while I try to disprove that I'm capable of actually doing two things at the same time while responding to Ian's um, concerns about um, trying to get back on and talking to you, and um, and I'm also listening to the live debate at the Lib- Liberal Democrat conference where the motion about the UK's place in Europe is being discussed. The vote to which would be hap- taking place in about the next ten fifteen minutes time. Um, so no pressure then. Hey, so I am going to um, trust that everybody else can hear me um, and that everybody else. Um, can at least get connection um, and is following. I shall live in hope um, and while I back up the hope by going into the chat <laughs> and um, and f- and actually being able to st- talk to people, um, we shall see. So, the um, our regular spot about um, uh, about what's happened on this day in the past. So, in the history of September the 27th, there was an awful lot of things that have actually happened in the past on on that date. Um, but I had to narrow it down because we're quite um, we're quite pushed for time today. So, without further ado, I'm going to go straight to straight to that. So, on uh, 1066. Um, William the Conqueror's troops set sail for England. So, obviously, um, you know, successful invasion of England. Um, but I guess at least he didn't have a border in Kent to deal with. Um, and 1779, John Adams negotiates the Revolutionary War peace terms with Great Britain. So that was a time when we successfully negotiated with a foreign country. Uh, in 1938, Jewish lawyers were forbidden from practicing in Germany. So um, the um, the march towards their um, the fascist dictatorship um, was um, was in full swing in Germany in 1938, and in 1940, black leaders protest discrimination in the armed forces. So I guess you know 
it's up for you to decide whether you believe that um, that discrimination is still alive and well um, 80 years later in the United States or indeed elsewhere. So, I've managed to do uh, managed to do on this day. Um, I'm going to carry on talking while Ian still tries to sort out his connection. Um, I can see uh, my sister Nicola is is actually helping him, um, but. Um, so the Liberal Democrat Conference is a 100% digital conference this year, um, like all of the other conferences, because nobody's able to meet up in person. So that means no more rowdies singing in the um, in a hotel bar at two o'clock in the morning, um, which probably is better for the locals. Um, that anyway, but a load of angry Lib Dems drinking loads of gin, I guess, is um, maybe something they'll have to have to deal without so the, the motion that the um that the conference is deciding is a, is about basically deciding the the um the party's policy and future regards to europe um unlike um other parties um all of our party policies are actually decided at conference by the members uh, the good thing about a digital conference is that it makes it accessible and it means that everybody else um who for financial practicality or um, getting time off work reasons wouldn't normally be able to attend is actually able to attend and contribute. So uh, yes, so the motion that's actually before conference uh, at the moment, um, essentially, I'm not going to read it out, but essentially says um, that um, the party um, decry the um, the um, the way that um, the Boris Johnson government are are pursuing the um their responsibilities with regards to the withdrawal agreement and the the promises that they made with the british public and and to hold them basically the policies to hold them to account um and to obey international law um the it it goes on to say that um it um it leaves the way to at um at some point um addressing the question basically um pursuing a a productive relationship with the with the eu um, and for the exact exact means with which that takes um, to be something that's appropriate to be discussed at some point in the future. the um, So in the longer term, this is the bit I'll, I'll read out. So in the longer term, conference resolves to keep all options open for the UK's future relationship with the EU, including membership at an appropriate future date to be determined by political circumstances subject to public assent, market and trade conditions and acceptable negotiated terms. Um, there's a couple of amendments that are um, present for that. Um, I'm just going to pause for a second and see whether I can see you, Ian. Can you hear me? Can I hear you? Okay. Well, I don't know whether any of that worked, but... <sighs> right. Okay. So if there is anybody following us at this point... Ian, can you hear um, me? <laughs> yes, I can. It's okay. been an shambles. <laughs> Okay, this is um this is as well run as a track and trace centre that you can't find any track or trace of. So, um, Alexa, what time is it? Not you, the other one. Oh Jesus, I've got the wrong Alexa answering me now. Um, right, bugger Alexa, I don't care. Um, so welcome to wherever you are, and if you're joining us, it's the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sansbury in serious need of a strong drink. Let's try the intro again. Right, okay. I'm going to skip all of the stuff in the hope that maybe someone heard it all before. And if they didn't, yep. 
um, whatever. So we've got Jeremy joining us. If you're listening to this as a podcast, it would be fair to say the first 15 minutes has not gone well with all sorts of audio problems and different phones. And uh, but we're now you can hear us. Yes. And we'll get into them. We'll, yeah. we'll skip the starter and get straight into the body. Yes, of the you'll, um, if you're listening as to us from the podcast, I'll have cut all of that out, so you're lucky. Um, so let's get let's get Jerry in. Hello, Jerry. Hello, mate. Hello, chaps. Can you hear me? We can. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. Um, we had some sort of technical issue that, well, that after making yeah. Ian and Nicola route around trying to figure out what the problem was there, and it does actually seem that it was this end. So, sorry, guys. Um, but welcome back, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry the Inquisitor Brown. How are you, old chum? I am chipper, thank you. And yourself? Yes, resplendent as always, full of pith and vinegar and uh, pith and vinegar. How's the gym going? Uh, not not bad. Uh, terrible this afternoon. Unfortunately, the uh, the eldest lad went lame, and uh, with all the cleaning regime, I don't go on my own at the moment. But uh, I think we we were at uh, twenty six visits in fifty eight days. So um, so yeah, absolutely buff and hench in in a way. That's pretty impressive. I was going to say that's that's, not, that, that's a bit more than mine. Yeah, yeah, no, it's to a be lot, fair, it's a lot more it's, I haven't uh, been yeah, at all. It's, it's good well, not, be nor have I. That I was, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, twenty twenty six or whatever it was is is still more than zero um, in anyone's yeah. books. But but talking about numbers and books, so last yes. time Jerry Hello. was on, you um, you schooled us about um, Lakeside about the council's purchase of Lakeside. Um, yep. What have what have you been what what have you been up to up to lately and and what you've been looking at? Okay, I've been looking at um, two things recently. One of which is um, uh, Hampshire Community Bonk. Excuse and me. That sounds, like a, that sounds like a sounds like a place you park your car at the evening and hope not to be found by someone you don't want to be. That's very true. That's probably actually a good um, analogy for it. Um, so Hampshire Community Bonk and also um, the money that we're planning to spend on redeveloping council housing in Portsmouth, you know, and how we do that and how much we spend and so on and so on. And just making sure we've got the right controls around that. So, um, so not much then. Let's start, yeah, so most, let's start with a bonk. The Hampshire the Community, bonk. which I understand is is... Schrodinger's bank, when it's a bank, not a bank, I guess is when it hasn't got a license, so it has to leave the EA out? Is that how it works? It is. It has to call itself a bonk because it can't call itself a bank if it hasn't got a banking license, which sort of makes sense, really. Um, I mean, I, I guess what I do is I preface this conversation by saying, you know, our elected councillors and our council officers are doing a really great job in really difficult times. Um and the discretionary spend funded by the UK government has fallen by over 50% in real terms in recent years. And the city council have done a pretty good job around maintaining services that aren't classed as essential 
uh, in the last few years. So I think they've started in a good way. They've done pretty well and they're all well intended. So, you know, I'm not going to try and attribute any misintent to anybody. I'm just going to flag a couple of things I think need a bit of attention. Um, so I guess I kick off with saying that um, Hampshire Community Bonk was designed initially as a way of providing lending to small and medium enterprises. And they're the businesses that that struggle to, to get funded by regular banks, because regular banks aren't interested in SMEs, really. And so they're, they're pretty underserved. And the amount of money that they've been lent by British bankers has fallen in recent years. Um, so HCB, Hampshire Community Bank, was set up in 2014. Um, and the majority of the financial commitment was taken on by Portsmouth City Council. And the bank is planned to serve SMEs across all of Hampshire. So Portsmouth, Southampton, Winchester, the rest of Hampshire, right? all of it. Um, Let's just pause you for a second there, Jerry. So that if I understand the endeavour right, basically the plan was get a bucket of money funded by councils and then effectively look to loan that out to create, I guess, you know, an economic shot in the arm to the county and i guess the hope was that those chipping in the cash would would hope to see a return on economic their... investment for want of a better term that is true that is true but the vast majority of the cash has been stumped up by portsmouth city council so. shot in the arm to the county and i guess the hope was that those chipping in the cash would would hope to see a return on their investment for want of a better term yeah, and, and, and we know that once it's up that and running, true. as it will eventually be, majority once it's up and running, stumped up by then, City Council um, so far. once it's up and running, then the others, uh, like uh, Southampton, Winchester, Hampshire, uh, are all interested in investing. But it's currently Portsmouth is leading the charge on this, or leading the lack of a charge on this. Um, charge so is when quite we founded it in 2014... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we founded it in 2014, um, we were told that we'd get a banking license by 2016. Right. So we're six years on from 2014. We still haven't got a banking license and we're not going to get one till the end of next year. Um, although their most recent report promised it at the end of this year, but we all know it's going to be the end of next year. Um, and it, there's just you know the timeline seems to be like fairly slow so there's there's gaps of 10 months between events happening so um and for sure the process for getting the banking license changed halfway through um then we got some legal advice and they had to change the structure of the bank because you know for various reasons but you see things like a whole year between for example um the subscription agreement signed by the shareholders was done on uh, March the 15th, 2016. Um, that took a year to get that signed. And then it took another year to prepare the business plan to submit to the regulator. Right? And it's taken since 2016 to 2020 um, to get to the point where the regulator is is nearly ready to do the last exam on us so that we can get a license. Um, so it's all it's all a bit odd. But the funny thing is the HCB is asking us, the city council now, to lend them 10 million quid in two tranches so it can lend that money to the SMEs. 
and they say that that loan is going to be low risk because they've got a very good way of assessing how reliable the SMEs that they choose are going to be, how secure they are. And I have to say, if they've got a mechanism for doing that right now in COVID circumstances, then they should be selling it, right? Because it's really mm. hard to work out which businesses are going to be survivors. I agree when they wrote the thing, which was before COVID came onto the scene, it was probably a good process. But actually, what they've really done is picked up the German model and try to adapt it to the UK. Um, and they would claim that there is security in the model and that, you know, it would need a massive failure of businesses to to cause them to go bust. But I just point to, well, the one that they set up previously under the same leadership did actually go bust before COVID um, because some of the companies they lent to did go bust using the same mm. process. So I'm just a bit worried that we're about to stump up 10 million. Um, and frankly, I can't see that there's anybody outside of council officers who are are on the board or who have sight of everything that's going on and that really really worries me we've got money being spent i can't see the reporting there has been none there's no audit that i can see done by the city council there's no scrutiny it hasn't come to the governance and audit panel you know there is no weekly report the fact there's not even a monthly or a quarterly report there's a six monthly possibly report if you ask for it it's just not good enough frankly so can i just ask you a few sort of clarifying questions there jerry because i, I guess you know for me when, when i think about small and medium-sized businesses the advantage that they or, or the niche that they can fill is by being very agile very responsive and yep. able to flex and adapt and move with the conditions. So six years on, we've got a we've got most of a name. We've only got one person putting, or, or we're putting the majority of the skin in the game. I mean, it, those last six years has this just been a, a sort of a paper exercise, or is there somewhere I could go and find? some human beings who we're paying cash folding money to 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 make this thing work well you could go to the the chief financial officer at portsmouth city council who's also the cfo on hcb so you can oh, go and ask him yeah well the the so the, the one of the questions i raised at the council meeting was Hey, guys, let's look at it this way. We've got the deputy S151 officer, the S151 being the financial officer for the city council. So we've got the deputy S151 officer asking the city council to lend 10 million quid to a bank of which his boss is a director. Mm. So I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I just think we need to sort of just be thinking carefully about what we're doing. Well, see, I, I was witness, Jerry, to one of the greatest white elephants of all time. I, I lived in Gosport, and the Gosport Light Railway was scheduled to come through my house, God knows how many years ago. And that rumbled on for probably 15 years, and there was a little office with three people in it, and one was very well paid indeed, and that sort of bimbly bumbled on for 15 years. And then, in the end, we packed it all up, and we flushed the money away. Um, and you touched on the ill-fated Victory Energy. So I guess six years in, 
obviously we stuck 3.7 million pounds in a in a bucket somewhere how much of that has been leaking away on salaries and directors and non-execs and do we know how much it's, it's cost it's so not, far to not, not become bad. a bank it's it's not a bad picture it's 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 not a terrible picture um the run rate is quite low um and most of the money has been put into investments you know which is very sensible so Good. i haven't got a problem with the way that they're managing the money i think that's fine i think they're really cautious and they're good people the risk I, the problem i have got is that when we were presented with this plan in the beginning oh my internet connection is unstable apparently let me just check which network i'm on you sounded um, anyway, good to they me told us that, um, you know, okay when we started this off they said, yeah, put this money up. And DBIS, the um, government department for business and industry, um, they're going to give us seven million. So we got this plan to form this bank over this period of time with our five million and the seven million coming from DBIS. Then there was an election in 2015 and DBIS decided that they weren't going to give us any money. So we've got the same plan to try and do the same things, but minus seven twelfths of the cash yeah so from my perspective i'm trying to work out so how do you do that i mean how do you how do you manage to do the same things with minus seven twelfths of the cash you know i just well, I, I, guess, don't know. I don't know how you uh, do that well and i guess the question that's that's burning in my breast at this point jerry is that you know we, we wanted 12 we put five up um, we seem to be coming and tapping PCC doors for 10. Um, now, my geography ain't great, but where, where's, where's Southampton and Hampshire and Winchester and Basingstoke? Where are those councils in terms of, I mean, we've put up five, but where are they in terms of chipping into this brave new world? There's, there's relatively small investments from other groups including the University of Portsmouth and so on and so on but it's not just the amount of money that's up that's the problem right um it's also that uh we don't appear to have any effective control uh, we've got a very small percentage of the votes relative to the money that we've put up and if you look at the structure of the organization which has three levels in its holding structure um effectively we who've put up at one point it's going to be 15 million we'll have the same vote as Portsmouth University you've put up you know 30p or whatever it is so we all get the one vote and you go well that doesn't sound right right um yeah. got funny things going on like all the money that's been lent out has been done via Eastleigh Borough Council mostly because the bank isn't established as a bank um to answer your question about um what's happened to the money um there was a total of 5.9 million of share capital raised of as of April 2019, of which Portsmouth City Council was 3.75 million. And of yep. that, one and three quarter million is in property. 2.4 million is in net current assets. So that's cash and loans and advances to customers. And that's all pretty much secured. And yep. 1.8 million has been charged to the PL account to meet operating costs. So your so the answer to your question is 1.8 million has been spent on getting this far. Right. So um, so half of our money is gone in broad terms. I know it's not all ours, but but 
you know, again, just quickly doing that in my brain, we, we put up, what, about 70% of the of the capital. So 1.8 million's gone, so 70% of that in broad terms. Let's call that about 1.2, 1.3. So we're, we're 1.3 million down. And what have we seen come back for our investment so far? So what what's in a, you know, in a, in a big dustbin marked HCB sat in PCC's coffers that they've got back as a return on this investment. Well, that, we were told when we kicked this off that by 2018, we would be making £249,000 a year <coughs> as a minimum. Ooh, and we haven't seen anything yet. What, not a penny. So it's a little bit behind plan, but we haven't seen any real reporting on it either. Like, you know, where's the document that comes to City Council to say, City Council, you've guaranteed five million. You've put up 3.75 already. I'm afraid we haven't been able to deliver you the 250 grand that we promised. That never turned up. There is no reporting. So, Joy, just to clarify, Joy, I know this might sound stupid, but what, what you seem to be telling me and I can scarce believe it, is that we're down about £1.3 million to operate it out of Portsmouth's pocket, six years on. Yep. So 200000 a year we've been chipping in. And as of yet, we haven't seen a single brass bean come back. That is, I believe, absolutely true. And at this point, they're shaking the bucket and saying, any chance you'd like to chip in another £10 million? Well, it's not quite that simple because the the issue is that in order for them to get the banking license, they have to be um, operating almost as a bank. It's sort of chicken and egg, you know. Um, they have to have a, a sensible loan portfolio to become a bank, but you can't really get to lend people money unless you are a bank. So the 10 million is to help them get a more strongly established loan portfolio through particular set of mechanisms um and uh, that's not a stupid idea i guess my concern would be with the 10 million you know who is deciding which are the safe places to invest in in a covid environment uh, and why don't we have i can't see anybody on the board at the moment who has experience in the uk of the sme market uh, and banking transactions I, I can see some guys who've got experience from germany but I would say that the German SME market is not the same as the UK. I think probably at this so, point you need a crystal ball to be able to predict mm, what's going to happen in the economy in the next yeah, I mean, six months to 12 to I mean, months. other things that's, that make my red light flash and the bell ring is like, I can't see a project plan for how we're going to get to the banking license. I'm told there is one, but I can't see it because it's confidential. And I don't think that any elected members have seen the project plan either. So it's it's like... If I can't see a plan for something, I don't believe it's going to happen. Uh, I'm in just, God, it's just in God we way. trust, in all else, I want to see proof. I, I yeah, don't know if I'd go that exactly. far, but you um, know, that's a different question. Let's not do that episode. Um, so um, I'm glad, Jerry, that you and I talked this through a bit beforehand, because I've been, my in, in case, as people have pointed out, as I finally managed to get into the chat, because I couldn't even get into the chat, let alone all the other issues mm. we were having with audio. Um, <laughs> um, I have been kind of like following based on the conversation that we'd had we'd had before. So at least I, I've got some of it. So what you're what you're it seems in essence, what you're saying is that we've got a situation. So hang on. So 
Victory Energy was a situation where we set the Portsmouth City Council set up a company that didn't seem to have a lot of oversight and a lot of over a lot of um, public information regarding actually how a particular operating model was actually going to work, let alone whether it was you know and and there was much discussion about whether it was realistic or not. But a large part of the criticism about the operation of of that company was that there wasn't enough public scrutiny of that level of investment. Yep. Um, and having having the council, interestingly enough, fought tooth and nail to actually shut that down, and two of the parties, two of the local parties elected in the chamber, fought to actually keep it open. Um, mm. Are we now? Is in a nutshell what you're saying? This is a, in a, there's a similarity in the situation of are we in danger of committing to another enterprise? for which there isn't enough accountability and accessibility to um, to scrutinise its perhaps at best flaky uh, business plan? I think there's significantly less risk with Hampshire Community Bank, to be okay. honest. Um, I, think it's, I think it's better managed and I think it's got a better plan. I'm just not convinced that it's got everything it needs to do. So... I've asked, um, I've asked them, like, please, can we have some independent directors, right, who aren't nominated or known to any of the current directors? Right? Let's have some independent people who can ask good questions and say, show me the plan. I don't believe the plan or whatever it might be, or the plan looks great. I'd like to see a plan that showed the events and timetables and dependencies that gets us from Hampshire Community Bonk to Hampshire Community Bank to a full license and a breakdown of the costs involved over time. I mean, if you were in business, these are things you'd want, right? You'd want to see this, you know, how much is it going to cost? What's the timetable? What's going to get in the way? Who's managing it? What will the reporting look like? And then I'd like to see an organization chart, please, showing the roles of the plan, the roles that are filled and the salary bands for the roles. And then I'd like to see a financial plan that shows me what money is coming from where and where it's going and why it's going there and how we've managed to mitigate the risk against that money. Now, Portsmouth City Council tell me that they have received the information, but they're not disclosing it because it's commercially sensitive. Ding, 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 ding. They said the same thing about Vessel, right? Just like, mm. Mm, it might well, well be true, but I want to know if this is a worthwhile investment of 10 million quid worth, another 10 million quid of council tax money, your money and my money, that they're getting off us in tax. I want to make sure that there is sufficient scrutiny. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. I think it's a really good idea. I just wish that we could do it with more clarity and more openness and more scrutiny. So, if, yeah, um... let, sorry, let, let me cut in there, though, Jerry, because you, you, you're obviously a much more generous... Uh, you must be a more generous man than myself. I mean, how much do we lose on Victory Energy? It's about rough broad, broad part terms it's difficult to be really accurate i can tell you it's going to be at least at least three million yeah um I, I, I would say and if we can't sell it as an entity then i suspect although nobody will tell me because they all claim commercial sensitivity i suspect that there are liabilities maybe for software or whatever that were set up and signed off without full council approval um, for many years to come that we will struggle to get out of. 
And because the city council acted and gave a parent company guarantee to that money, yep. then even if we even if we put the company broke, um, we would still be liable to, to support that. And I don't know, and nobody will tell me exactly what that number is. So let's let's take a best case scenario there that says Victory Energy. And I think, you know, it, anyone who looked, you, you can look at it through many angles that it was a brave endeavour and it was right minded. And then, you know, the, the objectives were pure and good and all the rest. But at the end of the day, it's fallen on its face or on its ass, depending on what you prefer. And we've gone down for three million. What Which is you've at least better than Nottingham, right? To me today about Hampshire Commercial Bank, which is, you know, and again, this is all fairly new news to me, as I'm sure it will be to, you know, our listeners, is that just based on what you've told me over the last six years, Portsmouth City Council has already lost nearly half that, you know, we've lost well over a million pounds just to keep the thing running. We've had no return on investment. And whilst, you know, because it's lots of smaller enterprises, it feels like the risk is much more spread than in VSL. But I guess where I'm struggling at the moment is that if an organisation thinks it can get something done in two years and six years later it's done nothing other than spend 1.8 million quid knocking about, I'm not, you know, I'm no Gordon Gecko, but I wouldn't be putting my shillings, you know, my my pension fund into that endeavour. I sort well, of agree particularly, with you. But, 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 well, the other thing, Jerry, the only, the only other thing for me, Jerry, is that, you know, we're sat around a table with Southampton and Winchester and Hampshire and Basingstoke and Andover and all the... And I, what I can't work out is we've slapped the first 3.75 million on the table. Where, where's everybody else? Well, everybody else has chipped in a total of two million. Yeah, about two if, million. But if we look at Hampshire as a whole, Jerry, and I haven't got the numbers, I get Portsmouth's a big city. Yeah, but we're but not Southampton's the richest pretty authority, big as well, we? isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I and I get the point. I, I would say though that the similarities that are um, apparent, I think, are that this is pretty much, you know. It's not the first time this has been done, but it's probably the first time it's been done in this way in recent years. And the Financial Conduct Authority and other parts of the financial world have changed the, almost changed the rules around how you get a banking license in the middle of our process. Yeah. And that's what's caused the slowdown, but nobody's actually reported it. That's my big problem, Ian, is that it's not been reported. We haven't been told until we get to the council meeting and ask the question. Uh, that's the issue. There's no reporting. Um, mm. But the other thing with, certainly you touched on Vessel, and I'll just cover that. Um, in the last two weeks, um, Nottingham has decided to pull the plug on Robin Hood. Yeah, uh, because Nottingham has decided to pull the plug. Bristol Energy has also pulled the plug. Um, and between them, they've lost very, very, very significant amounts of money. And not only that, but Southampton, who was operating as a white label, in other words, they weren't actually trading energy. They were just buying it cheaper from Robin Hood, have a bunch of back-end contracts to other people, 
that now they can't fulfill because they're not able to buy the energy from Robin Hood at the price that they'd agreed. So they've got a sell price, but their buy price has disappeared. So they've mm. got an effective loss on trading. Uh, and that's the same is true for anybody else who's a white label and agreed those prices up front. You know, they're in deep trouble. So you have to hand it to Portsmouth City Council and to Gerald in particular for having the kahunas to actually pull the plug when he did in the face of lots of opposition from other people saying, no, 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 it's going to make us a million or billion. But the big question is, if you're talking about Vessel, you have to ask yourself the big question. So what exactly was the magic bullet that was going to make us tens of millions of quid that they couldn't tell us about? Because there is one, but nobody will tell us what it was. So when we find that out, we'll know more. I suspect it was the, uh, the acquisition of the book, in other words, the customers of SSE, because SSE yeah. now doesn't have any front end customers, right? Uh, and I suspect that it was that acquisition that um, was going to fund um, and provide all the revenue for Vessel. But Vessel's well, gone anyway. So, well, yeah, and so... And, know, I guess uh, my big question... Sorry, mate. Sorry. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, that my view on the on the subject as someone that that used to work um, for SSE, obviously not any, anything to do with contracting of that sort of level, but worked um, in customer services and um, and um, and change management in that in that part of the business. Um, I don't see how Portsmouth City Council, if if that was their magic bullet, I don't see how they thought that uh, an energy um, sorry an energy retailer with decades of experience who couldn't make money off of their own customers how Portsmouth City Council thought that they somehow were going to um, they might have had lower operating costs from a from a staffing perspective um, perhaps but I'd, 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 I don't see how that would have outweighed actually the inexperience that they had in, in dealing with it or indeed the fact that they struggled to get a, um, the license required from the regulator so so again um, yeah, I, I thought, if I'm honest, I thought the whole kind of um, the business model for Vessel was was a bit strange. There's an absolutely zero reason or ability for the city to be able to sell energy markedly cheaper than any anyone else in the marketplace. So the only plus point for people in the city to be able to, to buy energy from them was that it had the name Victory on it. Um, and therefore, they'd be paying extra for their energy than they needed to pay by buying it somewhere else. Otherwise, how was it going to make money? And if it wasn't, and if and if that was the case, then why would anybody outside Portsmouth bother to buy it? Um, unless they, you know, okay, yeah, you, know, you know, in yep. in that respect, all of that just didn't didn't kind of make sense to me. But it's, I, I, I if if what you're saying is that what you're, you know, the response that you're getting now is that that you, you know, the detail is again commercially sensitive and isn't something that you can see. Would it not be possible for the council to? appoint some independent inspectors or independent overseers for example to look at that and to be able to present back saying okay we've looked at it we're not connected with this thing in any any way shape or form we can't discuss the detail but we have looked at it and we agree that there is a case or we agree that it's this level yes. of risk is that exactly right that's exactly the thing that i've asked for oh okay and they claim to have appointed an independent person but you know you want the independent person to be fully independent yeah really. of course and not to be somebody that has worked with the current directors in the past. Okay, So you, you need some real independence, and I'd like to see that. And frankly, I'd like to see um, either a city councillor or, or somebody else, you know, maybe um, um, a local business person, maybe, who's familiar with that, 
um, actually engaged and looking at the numbers and looking at the plans and talking to the management and doing what a proper non-executive director should do um, and providing feedback to the shareholders and saying that this this looks good we've got these problems coming up i can't tell you about this um, but these things are going on it all looks like it's in control to me and so on and so on and that's what that's the real thing that i'm pushing for right put some better reporting make it report to governance and audit every three months at, at least um, and get some better oversight on there. That's, that's all I want. Well, I guess the other question that springs to mind, Jerry, is that obviously we're, you know, we're 3.75 in. Um, we've lost about a third of that. Who, who is the decision maker to say, go on, we'll chuck you another 10 million, whilst the potential beneficiaries of that money, e.g. the rest of Hampshire that isn't Portsmouth, are sat with their arms folded and their hands in their pockets saying, yeah, you can uh, you can sod off if you think you're getting big chunks of money off of us. It's the Portsmouth is- City Council cabinet on the advice of the Portsmouth City Council uh, financial officers. The same it's financial a, it's officers. It's not a bad deal. It's not a bad deal. It should work, right? But I have concerns. It's not worked for six years, Jerry. Yeah, exactly. That's the concern, right? But six six years would be okay if they've been reporting to tell us why. But there hasn't. Uh, So it looks like it's a playtime tool for somebody who's having fun about creating a community bank like the one in Germany. But it's not really front and centre and focus and things aren't happening very quickly. Um, But there's nobody chasing it. You know, if it was your money, if it was your money and it is your money you'd be on it and you'd be saying, hey guys, you've lent them five million of my money and I haven't seen anything back. And I was supposed to get a quarter of a million last year and I haven't seen that yet. Why not? What's going on? Where's the and that's the bit. Well, that's the bit that's troubling me, Jerry, because if, if this was, you know, it, it's almost sounding like a watchdog story. You know, I gave them £3.75 million pounds of my pension fund and, you know, they promised me I'd have a quarter of a million pound a year return. And then six years on, they came back to me and said, well, we've lost a third of it. Is there any chance you can give us another £10 million? And I, I, I got it out of my post office savings and now I haven't got a penny left. It, it's, it's, it sounds it's bloody really, awful. It's, it's not really like that. It's that in order to achieve a banking licence in the current banking and regulator plan you have to do things that weren't in plan when they kicked off in 2000 and whenever it was but not only that nobody's really spoken about what was the impact of not getting the seven million from the government at the start well i guess i keep coming back to the same point jerry which is this is this is a brave endeavor portsmouth are 3.75 million pound in a few lads have chipped in a few pocket coins. What, why does why is it Portsmouth that's being asked for the for another ten million? That's that's um, the bit for me which I, I can't square that circle in my mind, Jerry. I can't get to the point where, where in an endeavour that's shown no output and no return on investment, it's only one council in Hampshire that's been asked to put up the big bucks. Or, or is the experience with VSL, you know, do we appear on one of those lists that somewhere that says, give these guys a call, they'll swallow anything. Are you saying no, we're the, on a calling list is, of, of easy marks? The, yeah. 
the I think the yeah, difference yeah. is is that um, Hampshire Community Bank is an idea that Portsmouth City Council was a part of at its foundation, yeah. um, and is committed to trying to make it work. So it's not like somebody came along and said, "Hey guys, I've got this good idea. Can you lend me fifteen million quid?" You know, and we'll and we'll do better than anybody else on the planet at establishing this. But by the way, I can't tell you what the magic bullet is. It's not like that. It's not. It's not like that. It, it is fundamentally not a bad proposition uh, and it's just taking longer to get there than everybody would have hoped however um it is a good question to say what was the impact of not getting the seven million and by the way guys why are we funding it for the benefit of everybody in hampshire mm. uh, which is all very altruistic of us but you know it's not like we've been given any more money to do this you know what's the, what's the real benefit to the taxpayers in portsmouth you know, apart from, of and course, the, the, apart from that we get the say on where the investments go relative to the amount of money that we put in. So we can say, right, the money that we've put in, we're going to choose where we invest it. So, so is know, there a we get to just to, to choose that. So is there a sorry, mate, with the lags, it's, it, I don't want to cut across you. But it, with um, so is it possible then is the theory then possibly that we what we might be hoping to do is to direct that investment into the city? exactly exactly and and perhaps maintain a few businesses that otherwise would uh, struggle with cash flow or development or growth and that's a good thing to do um and and i have to almost tip my hat to um to the various people involved including the s151 officer and steve pitt in particular for sticking behind this and, and making sure it's going to happen and i do believe it will happen but i just want to know what's going on i, I do trust them i do think it will make money so, eventually but i just want to know what's going on so see i don't uh, yeah uh, and i guess that's where i'm really struggling jerry because uh, again I, I i've seen nothing you know i read i read um, the the deputation that you made in detail, and I, I read the responses, and I can see nothing in that, nothing in there, that gives me any kind of warm feeling that this will make that this will make money, especially now, with businesses going under left, right, and centre. And the, the other thing that I, I was musing on as we were thinking about doing this episode is the last time you you came on, we had a really great conversation about what a wise investment Lakeside was, and we all agreed on that. But I have to say that now a giant office complex commutable too, that's not feeling like the greatest of investments to me at the moment. So I, I do worry, and you know, we touched on the property portfolio, you know, we've got retail outlets and, and various, I, I I worry that Portsmouth City Council as a whole, and this is apolitical because it's it's nobody's fault. Lakeside looked a good deal. The property portfolio looked a good deal. Throwing a load of money at small and medium enterprises, that feels very, very high risk at the moment, doesn't it? I think it's okay. And as for Lakeside, um, the risk is, with Lakeside, the risk is that the businesses go out of business because then they won't be able to fulfil their contracts. Um but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, you know, there could be some issues with Lakeside. I don't think it's that bad in investment, frankly. And I think there will be things that um, the council can do 
with the management of the site to, you know, it's already pretty well occupied. Um, well, it, it, was, it was, Jerry. Well, it yeah. still is. I mean, again, I don't know all the businesses that are there, but I know the one that my lad used to work for had 650 people there, and I've now got none. Um, and that's not because the, the business has been wound up. And, you know, I wonder when, when furlough ends, and when businesses look at their model, like you say, if they're contracted, then yes, they'll bring, they'll, they, they will look to bring the workers back at some point. Um, but if they don't make it through, you know, office, trying to sell or lease office space, it, 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 it's, it's blockbuster video, isn't it? It's yesterday's, it, it's yesterday's so, so, product. Go on, so Jerry. What, what I would say is, yes, you're right. And many other local authorities are in exactly the same place. And if you think we were in trouble, and I admit, you know, pointing to somebody who's worse off than you doesn't make you better off. No. But if you look at Spellthorne Borough Council, who are a little borough council in Surrey, right? how much do you think they've spent on their property portfolio? Anybody want to have a guess? We've done, we've done 100 and something million, haven't we? So... 1.2 billion. What? 1.2 billion. They're a, they're a borough council. They How borrowed the... 1.2 billion pounds, and they're a borough council. How the hell? Uh, I mean, from if you were a business, if you were a business and you were leveraged to that extent, right? People would be having a laugh, and your share price would be through the floor, right? 1.2 billion. They do like it, don't they? They do like a punt, and it's all in property portfolio. So, good luck with that, you know. And other people, Bristol and Nottingham, for example, with the energy companies, they've lost tens and tens of millions on something that actually never actually made any money, really ever. Mm. And so, so the the bricks and mortar that is the stuff that is Lakeside um, will have its ups and downs. But I think overall, yeah. it's not a stupid investment. I know. I think we all agreed at the time, Jerry. It was, it was entirely the right thing. And, and, you know, we looked at it for its strategic importance to the development of, of Portsmouth and, you know, the, the linking with Tipner and everything else. And I think, you know, none of us are trying to be wise after the event now. I just, I guess where I'm coming from with everything I've heard today, I'm, I'm hearing about an organisation six years old which has, in that time, has lost a third of the capital that's been invested in it, has made no return. And if I look at it against the backdrop of potentially Lakeside looking like a higher risk investment, our property portfolio looking like a higher risk investment, and no other major councils stepping forward to join the party at Hampshire Community Bank, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep my 10 million in the shoe if it's all the same to you yeah i mean i i understand why we're doing it because the the other side of the coin is that we don't do it and that means that a number of smes are most definitely going to go to the wall yeah right, for sure and if we can save you know 30 40 50 100 smes from going to the wall then the investment is worthwhile and i think that is possible uh, I think it's probably likely as well, as long as we get our finger out on so, on this. But yeah, 
we've got to get our finger out, get the reporting done, get some proper executive management in there, um, and just make sure it happens. You, it's like projects don't happen unless somebody's on the ball with it, right? Somebody's got to be in control and somebody's got to be accountable and they've got to be fearing their next bid review meeting, right? When they're going to go up in front of the beak and the beak is going to say, so Jerry, how's your project going? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go, well, Ken, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And they go, how far along are you? And I go, oh, well, uh, 90% of the tasks are on target. They go, right. And the 10%, how much of the value do they represent then, Jerry? Oh, 75 percent all right yeah. <laughs> yeah would you like to come out the back and i'll get my yeah. slipper off and give you a spanking yeah <laughs> that sort of thing right so those are the those are the project missing, critical right? things we don't have that level of proper reporting and accountability in my view or if it exists we're not you're not seeing it or you're not you know it's not being um overseen by someone independent which is what we spoke to earlier on um spellthorn yeah, by the way doors. is about half the size half the population of portsmouth it's like ninety nine thousand people um so so ian it could be worse um i guess it with you know it, it, it is very easy to kind of obviously lots of situations now financially um are a lot more risky than they were when we took when actually when when we talked about them the before because um, an unprecedented to be honest once in a century event has took place that has literally taken you know taken the legs out from under our economy and the, and the question is you know there's a wider question and a whole different probably stream of podcasts about is your way out of that investing in the growth that you need or is your way out of that cutting expenditure in order to in order to meet costs but that's a that's a different debate yeah, about austerity that's a whole lot, yeah that's another world that's, that's more than that's more than one episode for sure yeah. um yeah, so i mean I, I i get the proposition that um if we invest in the SMEs, we're likely to save quite a few jobs and possibly yeah. create some. Yeah. Yeah. So in principle, yeah. it looks like a good thing. But like everything, especially with lots of taxpayers' money, it, requir it requires forethought and oversight. Sure. Rather like building new council houses. Oh, now that, uh, lamentably, looking at the clock, I think that might have to wait for another day, Jerry. Because where are we? I've lost control of my equipment. With our, with our with our technical issues, can we, can we kind of put a rain check on that and explore that at a later date? We certainly can. We certainly can. It's um, it's that, a it's a pretty simple subject, but we can defer it. Thank you. No, we, we really appreciate your your forensic attention to the detail, which is as anybody that has watched us or listened to us for quite a long time will understand that neither Ian or I can do that. Um. No. Yeah, um, I did have an answer. But... Sorry, mate. I, very, very quickly, just to just to say that the result of the um, of the Lib Dem motion at conference that also had technical issues um, was that the motion was passed as amended by the Second Amendment. So effectively, it passed with the amendment of um, a campaign to rejoin the EU once we've le once the transition period ends. No, um, which we'll say about in another time oh mate i'm reaching out to give you a, a virtual hug down the i don't want a public virtual hug from a tube. tory that's the last thing i need i'll be called a yellow tory for the oh i will be anyway by the, by some people yes yeah, go um, to whatever <laughs> happens so you've been listening to the pompey politics podcast blue and yellow till we die
I've been Ian Tony Morris. And our guest has been... Jerry Brown. And I've been Simon Sansbury, and I'll be heading for a bottle of wine. <laughs>